Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This morning's Dharma talk is titled The Edge of Thought. The Edge of Thought is you're sitting, or maybe you're in the kitchen, but let's start with a sitting practice of meditation. Or perhaps you're down the hallway or going out to the garage if you have one. All the time. But let's come back to just sitting still. And the training part of this is to sit very still without being rigid to just observe without necessarily being focused. We're not talking about samadhi here. We can talk about some samadhi, but you need to ask questions about it because your ideas about samadhi or stabilization are probably just that, relative stabilization, not ultimate. Is there an ultimate stabilization? I don't know. That's the kind of knowledge I'm talking about. It transcends this and that right and wrong. It transcends it. It goes beyond it. Without going anywhere, because it goes somewhere right back to relativity again. This is a, what's it? This is a violet circle. I guess it's a V word. What's the other one for violet? Vicious? It's a circle, and it will get a hold of you somewhere right where you're terrified and you're covering something up. You need to look at that. Do you? No. Do whatever you want. You hear me say this over and over. Please don't waste our time, anybody's time. Maybe your karma isn't to do this right now. I'm not saying you can't have doubts about what I'm saying. If you don't have doubts about what I'm saying, then you're probably not listening. This is not easy to receive this kind of a teaching. So the edge, you're sitting and thoughts begin to arise and just observe that. It, what happens is there's a there's an edge that arises and then there's an overlap. That's the protective part. All you have to do is see the edge. That's fine. All of them are fine. But that's where we begin to see the way we continue to to disguise ourselves, to look, come to conclusions about who we are. And we may back that up by some form of suffering. Well, I'm the one who's suffering. I'm the one. Well, it's me. It's I'm the one who's being tortured by that or put upon by that or someone's being disrespectful to me. This is why the vow is so important. I don't plan these. I don't plan this talk. I don't think, hmm, what should I say? I had to even get have asked Beyond to go get my phone to because nobody asked me what the talk was today. And is, whose fault is that? I don't see any guilty looks. <laughs> Apparently none. But you don't have to do that. It's something that will show up. But I wanted that reminder because I wanted that word edge. Because it's it's the very edge of it. It's not the complete thought because the rest of it is the overlap. You have to see the overlap without fighting with it. Don't try to stop your thoughts. Don't label thinking and return to your breath. Unless you have a teacher who's telling you that. And if you do, then listen to him or her. Listen to them. If you have a teacher and you trust that teacher or you have confidence in that teacher, then you don't have to listen to me. But listen to them. There are so many ways to, to work with this. This is not the correct way. This is a way that will resonate. It's about the connection you have. You either have a connection with me or you don't. 
And if you have one, you're here and you probably would have difficulty going somewhere else. But if you're shaky about that, you might want to look around some. Am I trying to reduce the amount of students I have? Not necessarily. I'm just saying I want I want you to see the truth more than I want anything. And I might not be able I may not be able to help you with that. What do I feel about it? I think I can. Because I'm not looking out of what I'm not looking, I'm not teaching out of what I know. I don't know anything. Otherwise I'd have to have notes. Not that I can't have notes when I did the talk on uh, how we train monks. I had to have a lot of notes because I can't remember all of that. All, I can't remember all of those forms that we have. So there's a, I'm using that description, a, a leading edge of something. Uh, you're sitting and you're noticing something arises in a way of maybe a memory of something someone said a couple of hours ago or someone you're interacting with that you're close to or someone you're inter interacting with that you don't really know very well. But something they said is is uh, f floating around in your mind stream or showing up and disappearing and showing up as an otherness. And then you're entering into it, trying to uh, deconstruct it so you understand from a relative point of view. It's not a mistake. It's just a circle. Nothing wrong with it. Most human beings are doing just that. Think of something, think about something else, think about what this means about that, and what does that point to? If this is happening, what does that mean? Even the Buddha talked about that. When this occurs, then that occurs. Very simple understanding of karma or relative truth. But the complete understanding is, is not complete in the relative sense. It's, it's, it's complete because it isn't anything else. There is no otherness to it. And that's why it is totally frightening if not devastating, if not, uh, uh, it puts ego into starvation mode. It can't find reference points. So it starts to uh, twitch. That can show up as anxiety, as fear if you don't know what it is. It could probably show up as uh, indigestion. So the idea, you hear, hear me return to this all the time, it's about the awareness of what this is, not the accomplishment, not the knowledge not the samadhi, not the resting in tranquility or any of that. Those are all handy at times, but they're all provisional. They're all, they are all relative. So the next time you sit to do sitting meditation, keep it very, very simple. When I say keep it, I'm not saying maintained. I'm saying look at the simplicity of your sitting and and you go into a daydream. Don't, don't stop that. Don't don't come up with some kind of artificial idea about what meditation is about and try to live up to a standard of meditation must it must I must be very calm. I must be very peaceful. I must be in some kind of a, a state, a jhana state or some state of samadhi or what what's in the Tibetan tra tradition is called the Vajra like samadhi. Vajra indestructible, adamantine. It has no appearance as something, therefore you can't destroy it. It didn't appear. Therefore, you can't take it away. It has always been there. Has it always been there? Find out. Don't believe anything I say. So you're sitting, you're sitting symmetrical, and you're observing what is moving in the mind stream in terms of memory, or could be memory, could be probably a little bit of that about something else, or maybe you're, you're just feeling how your body feels. You're just observing that. Maybe having thoughts about one of your knees seems to be more uncomfortable in this position than the other. You might be coming to conclusions like, I seem to be in a, a mindless state. 
or I seem, or this seems you. But as soon as you conclude anything, you've left whatever you were concluding about for the conclusion. The very nature of duality is to do this. You have to stop doing this. No, you don't have to stop doing anything. What do you have to do? If you're on this path, you have to see it. It is awareness, awareness, awareness. It's about being aware of that. Don't accept, don't reject, don't look away. The three poisons showing up as uh, not there. They're there. The ghost of the, the three poisons is there. But the actual awareness of this is has blown everything away. It's blown to bits all the reference points without doing anything at all. You have to see it. It has to be seen. Can you see it? You're a human being. It is your birthright to see this. You are the Buddha. But it won't be a particularly fancy conclusion about how wonderful my consciousness is, necessarily. I'd love to respond to some questions if you have some. Gyokuro. Gyokuro Wang, is this leading edge of thought and the overlap the same as the how the third skanda is talked about as perception impulse? Gyokuro Wang, is it something that happens out of our control? Whenever a thought arises? Yes, you don't have control. You don't need control. You you are control. Everything that is happening is you. You are you are all of this. More, please. Let's go. If um, we're just observing this overlap, are we adding then adding overlap onto overlap? Yes. So, what should you do about that? I, I like the word, but the nothing, the tone at the end was like nothing. Is, it, is that it? It's kind of a mouse version of it. It was more of a question, I guess. Oh, okay, then ask me the question. Is it nothing? That we is what do nothing? About it? Is what nothing? What we should do about the overlap yeah. on the overlap? Yeah, just see that it's an overlap. Even, even uh, concluding that it's an overlap is extra because that you're going into the thought process, you're going into the thinking process, which is described as, or located as, which it doesn't have any location, as the fourth skanda or thinking. Ondo. Ondo Bang, do we have control? Uh, no. No, the relative thing of, I can either pick up the kotsu or put it back down. So that is part of the, that is part of the illusion that we are deluded by. It's an illusion that we're doing this. This is, this is not where we're doing it, but it's, uh, it's an it's an illusion. And if we if if you don't do anything with it, then it it has its own it has its own uh, uh, dynamic, its own energy, its own kind of energy. But yes, go ahead. What about so then? Is there anything different between uh, control and no control? We think we have control. We think we have no control. Is there any difference yeah, between those two? Same. More. Are you able to ask a question uh, when when you get a response like that? Not right now. <laughs> Go ahead. When, when you're talking about the overlap, is that the same thing as when you talk about people ramping up their speech, like the ramps? Somewhat, but the ramping part, that's a very deliberate, you know, ramping. Whereas the area in the, in the mind stream as you're sitting is much more subtle. And, and it's, it's, it's more of a, it's like uh, Rinpoche always used the knee jerk. Uh, came to the West, I guess, and heard that and started using that. Is there something, someone at the door? 
Those are birds, pelicans. But did you ask a question? I did. Okay. Sort of on what is a thought? We, we don't know. It, it looks like it's an aspect of consciousness. Not it's not. It's an aspect of where consciousness gets together as a, some kind of a structure about something else. And so we that's how we think. But we don't know what thoughts are. We, but we all we don't have any problem to say, what have you been thinking about? Well, not much. How about you? I've been thinking about having a new garage built. I'm tired of parking out in the rain. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. And we create, we, we fabricate just instantaneously. We are so incredibly creative as human beings. That if you, if you get frightened at all, you immediately come up with all kinds of ideas about how to protect yourself. Because uh, nerve endings everywhere. But we don't know what, exactly what the thoughts are, but it's consciousness finding its own form. What is the form? It's based on relative situations, so it's probably going to be protection or advancement or encouragement or enthusiasm or all of the other things that, that, that trail along right behind the emotion or in front of the emotion as some kind of structure. How do I know that? I don't know it. I don't know it. I see it. I am that. You are too. You don't have to separate yourself from anything, no matter how horrible, no matter how beautiful, and no, no matter how ordinary or flat or boring more. Sort of going, is our thoughts a kind of ignorance? How does it look to you? Sort of going, there, there seems to be a quality where I leave the room when I'm thinking, like I, I start to lose awareness about where my body is and where, what I'm seeing. So that's awareness, and that comes up from being a meditator. You begin your med your your awareness starts to see more. You could say intimately the way in which you're you you are using your thoughts and your ideas to to ignore to get out of here to abandon things that are challenging to you or seem to be causing discomfort or pain. So it's it's the awareness of that, not stopping that. Sometimes on the spiritual path. Quite often, the misunderstanding, from from my point of view, I might I might be misunderstanding uh, what I'm calling misunderstanding in such a way that that who those who developed that understanding uh, intentionally made it misunderstanding, so that the misunderstanding that I would be coming up with would be very similar to the misunderstanding you're having. You following that? You better be. I'm going to ask you to repeat it in a minute. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? You can do consciousness will always find the form it needs. And if you're liberated from right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, then everything is, is manifesting as this. Always. It's just this. The, the, the sense of future time and a past time is an illusion from the point of view of uh, ultimate truth, which is a point of view, but even that's suspect. Wondo. No, Bowling Semi from uh, Vancouver is asking fight, flight, or freeze regarding the sympathetic nervous system. Sounds a lot like the three poisons. What are your thoughts on this? I don't have thoughts. Thank you for the question. You have a direct question, and I'll respond to that. But I, I'm giving a, a Dharma talk, and, I, and if, I, if I respond to that, then I would go off on another. I, it's a good question. I could maybe talk about that someday in, you know, in a few months or something. Yes. Pamela from University, Universal City, Texas asks or says, I get clear pictures sometimes like scenes from a movie. Is this wrong? Um, no. 
will enjoy yourself or be frightened by it. Run away or run towards it or ignore it. Those are the three again. They're always showing up. This is the way we secure and um, propagate even and grow an ego, a self who can win or lose or we're all doing it. And, and sometimes we'll use another person as our enemy, the person we're against. Even Dharma teachers will use that. They'll, they'll be against a particular kind of teaching because their teaching is more correct or something like that. <clears throat> what is the distinction between the leading edge and the overlap? And the what? Overlap. The leading edge part, I'm using that because when you begin to see that your gen that thoughts are being generated. And then the overlap is when you when you see that that you're not only generating a thought, but then there's another thought that seems to come out and sit on top of that. So if you want to get into it more closely or more, you could even say more precisely, you can see that the consciousness that is showing up as the seventh or the, the greedy part or the the, the um, paranoid part of the mind uh, is uh, uh, will participate in either one of those will participate in the in the leading edge, because it doesn't want to be seen the ego does not want to be seen, it wants to be protected acknowledged, and wants to be right or correct, or if it is wrong, then, it, then it's totally ashamed and embarrassed and so sorry that I showed up that way. But that was that cycle will go back and forth between pride and shame. Love and hate, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. Even we even do it with life and death. We actually can die and come back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm laughing because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's why I'm laughing, and I don't need to know. I'm not concerned. Go ahead. Does the leading edge have content? Yes, it could be it could be something showing up that you're sitting and not much is going on. You're sitting, you're adjusting your your uh, uh, your sitting, your clothing, and so on, and you're, and you're getting in a position you feel like you can sit still for a while, and then the thoughts will come out about something that someone said a few minutes ago. So that's kind of the leading edge is something is coming into this uh, complete presence. This presence is just here. Nothing is happening. There's no particular thoughts going on. And then something starts to arise that starts to crawl up your rib cage. And so you start thinking about that, or worrying about that, or feeling resentful about that, or feeling really delighted about that. It does not matter. Any position you take on anything leads you into uh, samsara, leads you into the circularity. The circles are everywhere. Everyone you meet is going in a circle. And you can join their circle, sometimes called a conversation. Leading edge more. And then the rest of it is things that come on top of that, that secure that. Or they could peel off. Things could come on and peel off. If you watch it, that's the only kind of words you actually are able to use. Otherwise, it gets personalized and you get trapped by it. Anytime you're viewing the thoughts uh, coming and going, it's so easy. They have so many hooks in them uh, that are propelled by hope and fear. And that and that is propelled or secured or reestablished by belief that there is someone who's having the thoughts. The thought of even what the, uh, the writer of former Buddhist monk Stephen Batchelor has a book called Thinker with No Thoughts or something like that. Um, not particularly promoting him. I don't I don't promote his teaching at all. I think it's interesting. Some of the things he says, but 
not as a Dharma teacher. More? More. Sanobhag. Go ahead, Sano. How can someone be a former Buddhist monk, Sanobhag? You can't. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, in your case, you're always a Buddhist monk. Always have been, always will be. Ondo. Ondo Bhai, there's a follow-up question from Pamela. She says, when I see the scenes from a movie, is this going to happen in my reality or just my mind flexing its muscle? You know, you have a lot of auras there, and I wouldn't say it's any one of those. I would say, I would say keep, it, keep it more. When I say keep it, I'm just saying you don't have to go those directions. You don't need that. You really don't need, ego needs those explanations because it uses that. It's what it chews on all the time. Me and my stuff, my ideas, and I'm, I'm right and I'm wrong, and this is a movie and this is not a movie. It's, you know, just uh, that's what I'm sensing from uh, having, I don't know you, so I, I could be uh, meeting you in a place that you're not, that I think you are, that you're actually not at. Uh, but the way that your last two questions sound, uh, I would say sit a lot, sit down, hold still, face a wall, no technique other than hold still and, and observe. That's the technique that I teach, shikantaza, I have to have a name. You could call it uh, uh, vitamin E, wouldn't make any difference what you call it, it's, but it's just hold still, watch the movement and create, don't create anything if you can. But if you do spontaneously create uh, thoughts and emotions and memories, then just observe them. As much as you can become an observer of what arises rather than a, rather than a participant. But don't for fight with the participation if that starts happening, then also give in, cave in. We're not talking about the kind of military discipline. I had a good taste of that. That's not what we're doing here. It's not about controlling anyone. Beyond bowing. Is the tension that that arises before the thought and emotion process kicks in, is that tension the a leading edge that you're referring to? It could be. If that's what you're kind of describing, what is happening to you, you sit down, you feel tense before you, or anything shows up as content. Yeah, and it, it's just littered throughout everything. Yeah, just look at it. Yeah, it's, it's both none of your business and completely, you're, it's showing your aware, you, something arising in, in awareness, whether it's a thought or emotion or memory, no matter what it is, don't personalize it. And it, but if you do, then just watch that. Just observe that. It's none of your business. On the other hand, it's it's completely your responsibility. It has to be spoken of with that kind of a contrast or that kind of a polarity. Otherwise, we tend to we tend to build a person who can be right or build build an identity. This is why I don't teach uh, Shamatha Vipassana anymore. Creation completion, I think, it can be valuable, uh, but only specific to specific individuals. To teach that to everyone, I think is a misunderstanding coming from medieval times when there was only certain people who would even do this. Now everybody, when I say everybody, this is available to everyone now. I think that's a good. Any questions out in TV land? Mahesh going. Mahesh. So when I notice my experience during sitting, this is what happens like a thought arises and then let's say this overlap happens and then few more additional thoughts and then i'm thinking 
I don't notice any of this stuff. I, I'm not aware of any of this stuff. And then at that point of time, I suddenly become aware that I'm caught up. I'm thinking something. Then, then I return to the sitting. So watching, uh, like how does watching help? Because in, I, watching cannot help me not get caught up in this thought chain initially. And also once I'm back, the watching seems to be extra then. Uh, Boeing. Are you listening? Don't worry about it. Your thinking process is going in circles. And, and, but don't believe me. Don't believe my uh, description or my, it's not, a, it's not a judgment. I'm just watching you, watching your mind go in a circle. And so just observe, just don't worry about that. That's a very good question. This is my answer. Don't worry about it. When I say don't worry about it, you might have to worry about it for a while, but at least you have that. Uh, that tension between what you're doing and what I just said. It's, it's, if you have a teacher, uh, then that must mean you're a student. And if you don't have a, if you're not a student, I can't do that. I can't talk like this unless I'm a student of whatever rises in my mind and whatever rises in front of me. I have to do it that way. It's, it's choiceless, completely choiceless to do it that way. And, and it will get you nowhere. Go ahead, Mahesh. Much point. So just to close the topic, should I watch? Should I have that instruction of watching or not? Because I, I think if I don't have the instruction of watching, it seems fine. Boring. Okay. Just observe. Keep it very simple. Sit down, hold still. Just observe. Be uh, as a, as a uh, Trungpa Rinpoche uh, in the title of, I think, one of his probably his first book may be Meditation and Action. Uh, he has a, a, a wording in there in the frontispiece that says, uh, Chogyam the Kusulu, Chogyam the Simpleton, Chogyam the Nobody. He was an extraordinary nobody, but he was a nobody. He was a nobody to the, to the extent that he, he just let karma eat him alive. Sir. Can the edge of thought be repetitive? Yes, but it can be repetitive in the sense of just happening over and over, and it can be repetitive in the sense of being the same kind of thought, the same energy. It can be repetitive in the sense of, of uh, not being the same kind of thought. It seems to be different each time about the same sub subject. You follow me a little bit? Good. Further question? Good one. Yes. Sort of going is the overlap when we push pull or look away from the the edge of the thought going kind of the idea of overlap is is to specifically encourage one to look at the duality so if there's an overlap then there's something that has been lapped over so there's the duality right in the thought right in the area that we call thought so what is being encouraged is just look at that just Whatever shows up, just see it. Don't don't exclude anything. And you'll notice that everything wants to tune in. Everything wants to get on board. Everything is your little pal. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts about everything. Go ahead. Sort of going. Is it is what you're talking about another way of looking at the, the sixth and the seventh consciousness? Yes. It is. What are those? What is the six? How does the six different from the seven? Sort of going. My understanding is the six is a, a bit more um it's less personalized, almost like a mechanical thinking and 
organizing the other five consciousnesses. And then the seventh is, as you've talked about it, is the paranoid part mm -hmm. where we start to possess or reject or mm -hmm. ignore the, those thoughts. Sounds good. Thank you. Further question? No, thank you. Further question on uh, Zoom? Hand Okay. Um, I first and then David. Uh, earlier you mentioned even encouraging us to have doubts about what you're saying. Yes. What's the difference between having doubts about what you're saying and doubting the teacher going? To see that there's a doubter. We're working with identity, mistaken identity. Uh, if it's a true teacher, there's no one there. There's there's no person. I mean, uh, also consciousness always finds its own form, so it can show up as a uh, someone over in the yoga studio dancing who can't really dance. It can show up as somebody uh, having a, a stomach flu. It can, it can show up as any kind of situation. But there's but whatever shows up for the teacher, it doesn't it doesn't get turned into an identity. Whereas for for someone who is Functioning as a student, which the teacher can also do this, can take any uh, particular form, but someone is, is, is on receive. So when the doubt shows up, also at the same time, use that doubt. When I'm saying use it, I don't mean manipulate, but, but see that the doubt actually there, there's someone, you're creating a, a doubt and then someone who doubts. So the very, the very subtle form of, of a duality is showing up that is that you can make use of if you, if you wanted to use that kind of a description uh, to actually see more deeply into the nature of of the, the primary confusion thinking there's a self and another or duality this and that this and that but does that duality depend on like a positive neutral or positive negative neutral of a response to what's showing up there's going to be some of that Probably. I mean, otherwise you can't have the two, the one who doubts, like what Kayun is asking uh, about. I, from what I understand is is uh, that whole situation with the with the doubt, and I can't remember the, how the how he uh, displayed the or uh, how the question showed up. But my uh, response to that is is see that there's that you're also creating as soon as you have a doubt to the teacher, you're creating someone who doubts that. So, and this is to be observed, not gotten rid of. Don't, you don't have to fix anything. You can doubt forever. And even in the, I think it's in the Soto, not Soto, but the Rinzai Zen tradition, there are teachings that call about develop, developing a great ball of doubt. Have you gotten into that particular area? Boshan. Boshan. the teachers. Boshan, okay. Thank you. So, so there is a way of, you can use anything as a teaching if you really understand the nature of what this is. Understand the the non-dual nature and, and see that you are not a solid separate being anymore and never have been. But it's not an accomplishment. It's just that you just stop ignoring it. You stop covering it up with, uh, you know, uh, fear, hope. But can a doubt show up and a negativity about the doubt without a duality, without a doubt? No, the duality is always going to be there. It may never go away. You see that it's unreal. Ready for that? We'll get busy. <laughs> get busy at the wall. Here. Got you next, Naveed. Go ahead. 
for you, does the seventh consciousness still show up and try to push, pull, or look away from you? Nothing's changed. You're looking at the same crazy person that got on this path close to 50 years ago. Same, same, same situation is happening. It's just that, that it's, it is seen for what it is. The consciousness is no longer curled up into a ball trying to hammer things. But if that does happen, then it's, the whole thing is bigger than, than our little dot of a little piece of sand in the middle of the, of the uh, Mojave. Go ahead. Zero bowing. I'm telling you what it is. The very words I'm using, I'm pointing at what I'm encouraging you to see. Go ahead. Is it really just about seeing what's already happening? Seeing that there's nothing happening. Yes, there's things happening, but that's the that's the illusion. So that we are deluded by the, the this is the illusion that something's happening. And our point of view, our positionality in terms of self-centeredness or the seventh consciousness or the paranoid area of the mind, uh, we think this is something else. But this is your mind moving. It's, it's, and even that is incorrect. It's just a way of, of helping you... Uh, see that there there's no there's nothing there's no there's no foothold there's no handhold there there's no way you can it's it's it is an illusion i'll put it right back here on the illusory table what's being misunderstood in the mind that does see that as happening or occurring separating oneself from from uh uh, consciousness or awareness into an object in consciousness or awareness as a, a, a thing or somebody who's here watching something else that's over there. And then using all of the, the things like gravity helps us feel like we're a solid being. The sense feels, we grasp onto those, we smell, we taste, we touch, we hear, we see. All of those are perpetuating the belief that I am this body and my mind is somewhere in here. David. David Bowing. So, um, how can the awareness of the not knowing uh, sustain its coherency without an identity or a reference, a kind of a reference point? Bowing. That's how it does it. You just described it. There, there, nothing is sustained. Consciousness does not need your help. You do not need to work on it. You do not need to sustain it. Let's go further. Keep going. Yes. Yeah, so that's um, that's very unsettling when you no shit. <laughs> no shit. When you, approach, when you approach that awareness, so it seems like the ego keeps pulling you back in, into itself. Yeah, it does. Great description. It looks like you might have been doing some sitting meditation. <laughs> yes, yes, it's um, a great description. But how I don't know how this, how this. How old are you? How this? How old are you? I'm, I'm 39. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were you asking me? A question. We'll, we'll argue about that later. <laughs> So um, it seems I don't know how can this threshold be be broken. Or... 
nothing to break the, the very you're using the word threshold the very threshold is is reality it, that's what it is but it's just a name that shows up and has a particular designation that points at a particular you know entryway through a door threshold but it's it's not separate the plate is not separate from the food that's on it the teacher is not separate from the student the student is not separate from the teacher the in the, in the, the Tibetan tradition is called meeting of the minds. When you meet, meet the mind of the teacher, you have to do that. The teacher is available if there is, a, if you have one. And if the teacher is uh, teaching out of anything other than just this, then may not be a true teacher, but it may be the very teacher you need. So I'm not saying that, that there aren't teachers for people depending on what, where they're at on the path of karma, of reality, however you want to say that. Is the edge and the overlap the most fundamental duality that we can work with? No, it's, uh, it's better than that and it's worse than that. So it, it won't even give you a structure when you're, when you're actually working with duality because the, the sense of the, the primary duality that is, the, that is the illusion that we are deluded by is the belief that I'm here and you're there. This is just... It's obvious this is relatively true, but ultimately it's not true. And so th those are, that's all path. There's, there's, the way it's broken down is, I'm sure you've all heard, it's ground path and fruition. The ground is suffering or difficulty or challenge or confusion or delusion or fear. or You can go on and on to all of those. And, and, and that causes us to look for the path, look for how can I work with this? You might end up talking to a psychiatrist, or a, which I did in the in the 1960s. I, I was really concerned about what was happening in my mind, so I talked to a psychiatrist, and I, with whatever perception I had there, I, it was basically that she's crazier than I am, <laughs> but she had it covered up in, in a highly polished way because she had the credential of being a psychiatrist. She approached me; she could see my fear, so she tried to. Console me, and uh, and that was condescending. She was assuming that she was superior to me, and so therefore she was a authority that needed to calm me down by complimenting me on I had a really good brain. I think I'm quoting her there. That was not helpful to me, other than I kept looking. Sir, is edge and overlap a proxy for self and other? It could be, you could think of it that way if you wanted to use those concepts. So you also need to look in there and see that that doesn't really uh, separate the karma that you need to receive, like you're receiving your ears, your, your lips, your skin color, uh, your dynamic, your intelligence level, on and on and on and on. Your tendency to not get enough sleep or to be unhealthy in certain ways and really healthy. And, uh, just the, the relativity just is extensive. It's so extensive there that even things like fingerprints, you can actually use a fingerprint to identify somebody. What is that old saying? No, all fingerprints are alike or something like that. That one? Yeah. Why? They're all fingerprints. It's not your toe. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll do anything to be right and make sense, even though it's totally nuts what we're saying. So those can be used uh, the way you're saying. Go ahead. 
Is there a more fundamental way to work with self and other? Yes. There certainly is. Just observe. Stop producing. Don't think. Don't produce. And if you do, just watch it come and go, just like leaves falling from a tree. Thoughts. Personalize those into me and my thoughts and what I'm thinking about what he, she, he or she or they did or are saying or how their response to me is not exactly right. They shouldn't be treating me that way. Then you're, you're personalizing it. Make, it. make a little bit of sense to you. It ought to. But it's not just you. We're all doing our own version of thinking our thoughts are real and thinking that we're a real person who's having a real issue or problem. Divine Ross from Dublin is asking, if I am creating mental visual representations of the eight consciousnesses, am I causing obstacles for myself? Um, Probably. But it doesn't matter. Just that you're able to say that means that you're, I don't know how much sitting practice uh, you do. Um, but I don't know if I've ever even met you. But uh, I would say less is better. And then the primary less that I promote, if you want to say anything, is sit still, sit symmetrical, have all the senses open, and particularly the eyes, look at something that's not moving, like a wall, and observe what shows up in the mind stream over and over again for the rest of your life until everything is, and, until there is no separation between the meditation and your everyday life. That actually will show up. You just have to do a lot of it. And you need a teacher, and you need a teaching and you certainly need a community, which you have here for a few more minutes. <laughs> I mean, but even this community goes with us. If you talk to people, interact with people, especially if you study with people, especially studying material that is impossible to understand and come to a conclusion about, that is the Dharma. The, the, the Samdhina Machana Sutra, the Lankavatara Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, the Heart Sutra, the, all the Prajnaparamita literature, and, and then the, the teachings of Dogen Zenji uh, from the 13th century. All of this brings us together as a Sangha, as a community, where we're all working on this and we can support each other. It's very important to, to support each other as a community. Not easy to do that. Mahesh Boeing. Mahesh. So uh, do you have any uh, recommendations on practices for uh, lay people so that we can bring the best practice of monastic into lay life going? So the, the thing that is set up here is just contact, unless you're already doing this, you can join, I don't know, how many, how many book studies do we have a week? Maybe nine between all of our groups. And you, you can actually join any one of those nine book studies. They're all studying different material and some are studying the same material in different time. So when they, they have it in the evening and at noon uh, Eastern time. So uh, people in Europe can, and there's a few that can connect with study. It's very important to study with other people. Uh, study this material, this material is not easy. You can, uh, you can read the Diamond Sutra and see how you do explaining that to someone. Uh, Mahesh going. Uh, so uh, I was, what I was asking was to just to clarify, um, like on, on my weekend, can I set a schedule just like monastic in uh, like monastic schedule and follow that schedule or something? Yeah. If you feel inspired to do that, I'm totally supporting you. Totally. Anything I can do to support you and what you're doing, let me know. 
You know how to get all to me. I'm I'm very I'm very available to everybody, and will be until I collapse, which will be coming at some point. But until that happens, I'm all about this. My whole motivation is to help you see what this is, not to turn you into a Buddhist. Although you may have to do that, you may have to you may have to become uh, lay ordained or fully ordained as a monk in order to do that. So it takes a lot of glue, and our culture has no glue for this. It has glue for other things. I'm sure I don't have to make go down the list, but to actually turn your attention to the Dharma, it's just it's it's just about impossible to do it. Our culture is yammering at us, trying to pull us this way and pull us that way, instead of and what we need to do. Uh, and I'm very biased here, having done this for a while. Sit down, hold still, and observe, and, and create a form. And like Mahesh, what you're asking about, if you look at the monastery schedule, uh, you might find that some of the monastery monastery schedule happens, and that's on Zoom, and you can actually watch other people in real time, uh, what we call real time. At the same time, you're sitting, they're sitting, or people sitting facing the wall. There's a timekeeper or doan, and there's uh, someone offering making offerings to the altar, which are just forms to help us. These forms are all empty. They're empty of what they look like and empty of what you think they are, and they're empty of their own emptiness, literally. But we need this. If we're going to do this, if we're going to transcend this world before we actually, the, the, that, that particular support we call the physical form, the human form, this comes apart. You are not even a human being. This is just temporary. We're just here for a while. We're so lucky, you could say it that way, to have stumbled into uh, the Buddha's Dharma, a 2,500-year-old spiritual path. So I would say that. Find a, find a way, a Mahesh, that you can use that or set up your own. If you want to, want to talk to me about it, I'd be happy to do that. Any further questions? Got started a little bit late, so we can go a little bit further if we have time. Sir. Shoto Bowing, what's the difference um, between someone teaching out of what they see and someone teaching out of what they, they think they see? Well, one is a, a relative, could be a very high level of relative understanding, teaching the provisional teachings, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence. The four marks, the three marks, the three realms, six realms. I mean, you go on and stretch it all out all over the place. You can teach that that material because it's a basic structural or conceptual teaching about what the Buddha was pointing at. But to teach out of out of uh, what you see um, in the, the common uh, way of saying that is teaching out of what you realized, teaching out of your, your realization. If you're teaching out of that, then you, you may think, you may not. You may use uh, the five skandhas uh, to, uh, you might be in an area where that, you, you go back and use that as a structure to reinforce or promote possibly or support what you're pointing at. You ask me a question, I'm responding to you. There isn't anybody but you. That doesn't mean that I'm necessarily personalizing it to your particular neurosis, but maybe might feel like that. If it points out your neurosis and you have and you're a student, you have a teacher, then you'll take it that way rather than taking it personal. It might be a long time before you can see that anybody who talks to you or interacts with you is your teacher. Teachers everywhere. It's the universality of the guru. It was talked about way before I got here, and that's something that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche. Everything is teaching all the time. Everything is preaching the Dharma 
And what is it saying? My way of saying it, not separate, 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 not separate. That's not an act, nor is it separate from an act. So if you're a student, you'll hear, you'll hear what that is. When you point to edge and overlap, I feel compelled to maintain looking at that distinction. Do I need to do anything other no. than look at that? Just look at this distinction. And when I say maintain, uh, uh, and you're, in the situation you're talking about there, it sounds like some maintenance just might need to be observed. And what you're observing here is the maintenance of, of those. So rather than actually maintaining, then step back a quarter of an inch and see that you're maintaining that. It's always about awareness, never about a conclusion. You could not figure this out. When I say that, what do I know? Well, maybe you can. I would say, go ahead. Figure it out. Come and check in with me. <laughs> maybe I need some help from you. Uh, you can say, oh, Jews on figure this out. <laughs> okay, come up here and I'll go somewhere else. I'll go lay down. You can't figure this out because it's relative. You can come damn close. You can come so close that you can become, you know, famous on YouTube because the way you talk about everything is so miraculous. I'm not saying there are people like that. Any other questions? Yes, Isan. Isan Bali, um, I'm thinking about you. Your statement at the beginning, I do a lot of planning, but not in the conventional sense. I watch. I do a lot of waiting. Yes. If if we are able, does the thought, the leading edge, become something if we don't meddle with it? Bowen? Yes. It could develop. You wouldn't get in the way of that developing. But that developing wouldn't necessarily be your plan. Uh, although it could show up as to someone else, it may look like you're planning when really you're just looking at what's happening. It's just happening. Uh, you're, it's a, there's a word uh, out of the Western tradition called participation mystique. I don't even know where, who came up with that, but it's always stuck with me for the last 60 years or so. But there's a, there's a, a mysteriousness about the way in which we are together with everything, the, the way in which we, we don't really do much of anything. We just are involved in, in everything. I, I, I think that the uh, my understanding and what little reading I've done, which isn't much of the indigenous people, their way of their, their spiritual path was very much like that. Part of everything, part of the trees, part of the animals, and with gratitude towards everything. Chogadawa, don't scratch your back because it looks like you're asking a question. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else on uh, Zoom? There's uh, we've lost a few people, but there's still 45 windows. So, Chisho, go ahead. Chisho Bowing. In one of your meditation instructions, in the 108 meditations, you say that as mind arises as awareness, thinking also arises there. Yes. So, when you say leading edge in today's talk, are you talking about Awareness just ahead of the thought process coming up, Bowen? Uh, I'm I'm actually talking about the 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 thoughts that are rising in the in the awareness at the immediacy of them. That they, they start to come out. There isn't much happening 
you're sitting there, but you can't recognize not much happening because in order to recognize not much happening, you need some thoughts about it. So if you don't have the thoughts about it, then then it's more like nothing happens, which is uh, even has less credentials. So I would say it's it's more if I'm understanding your question and the way in which you are, are asking, I would say, no, that is actual thoughts arising. There's still a separate aspect. Uh, they're, they're made of awareness. They're made of consciousness, you could say. Um, but but they are, have separated out and they've kind of crystallized in that area. It's like something that was formless coming back into some kind of a shape. Crystals is a good uh, uh, is a good uh, metaphor for that. More? So wouldn't that leading edge be a thought by itself? Yes. Yeah. It'd be a thought by itself, but but the, the singularity or the specificity of a thought by itself is still not separate from every thought. It, it separates itself out. It's like, I don't know, I can't come up with a good, particularly good metaphor, it's, it's, but it's like clouds. The clouds aren't anything, but yet they look like something. They, they have a shape to them. Kishwai, a, a related question, as you say in this uh, instruction, as mind arises as awareness, is the mind also impermanent? It's constantly arising and dropping? Yes, impermanent. So, Tishwang, is there a sequence then? Mind arises and then a thought arises in the mind? I don't think they have a past and a future, uh, the way you're asking it, but it can appear that way. That's part of the illusion that we are deluded by. Yes. Eric Hendrickson asks, what is the difference between not pursuing a thought beyond its leading edge and ignoring the thought? So not pursuing it, uh, it may hang around, it may badger you, but you just, you just, it's just there. And the other one, if I understand the question, is is kind of trying to distract yourself from it or be in a state of no thought or some other positionality. If you're, if you're, if this is clear, you don't care whether you think or not. You don't care, you're not even concerned with how you feel because you know that those are unreal, that they're positional. And they support something that is unreal, which is a separate self, separate from anything. I'm not saying that if you feel really bad that you'll you'll make light of it. You know, you might make you might make heavy of it. it might feel terrible, but you're but you're deeply not concerned because you understand the nature of anything that arises is impermanent. And if it shows up in your mind stream, as I've said, kind of in a silly way, but I it might be might connect with you more. If I say anything that arises in your mind stream has a right to be there or has a ticket to ride, it it's comes already already provided with dependent origination to speak about it relatively, but yet endeavor to, to point to its ultimate nature. The ultimate nature is there isn't anything else. The else it's empty. The traditional teaching is empty of other. Do you know where that comes from? Empty of other? Chokodawa, empty of other? Shentong? Can you explain that? Chokodawa, um... Progressive stages of meditation on emptiness. I think the last one is Shentong. Yeah, and so what, what's the difference between Shentong and Rongtong? Rongtong is empty of self. Shentong is empty of other. Yeah, so empty of other. Empty of self 
is uh, egolessness. And, but that's only that's only part of the work that needs to be done. Sometimes people grasp at that, that sense of no self. That people come here and, and leave, uh, who who were yeah, had some a lot of relative clarity about not being a separate person, but they were, weren't able. Uh, my my uh, idea about it, my understanding of it, they weren't able to go further and and have have a total wipeout, which was nothing is wiped, of course. Shentong and Rongtong, those of you who want to pursue that, uh, uh, Kempo Sultram Jamso has a, a book called Progressive Stages of Meditation on Emptiness. It's a very small book, but it's quite packed. And uh, I don't know who publishes it, Wisdom. You can find that on wherever you find books, if you wish. Not easy book. We've studied that twice. At least twice or three times as a group. Is there a final? We have a calligraphy hanging here in the Zendo that says, Mind is Buddha. That one? Yes. Is Buddha impermanent? Everything is impermanent. But it's a teaching. Buddha means awake. So are there words. So. But there's ways of talking talking about it. You could also say that that which is being pointed at uh, is no longer called Buddha. But that's not impermanent because it doesn't arise. Only everything that arises is going down. So anything, thoughts, emotions, memories, your presence here, your physical form, your your you know your difficulty with your health or your you know, ability to do this or that. You said, or heard you say once that everything's preaching the Dharma. Yes. How can we approach the spiritual path that isn't just turning away from relativity? Well, we need to turn away from the relativity because the relativity, that's why we have monasteries, that's why we have mountaintops. They, they were going to have mountain bottoms, but then they found out monks couldn't hide out there. You didn't know about that? So they made mountains go this way instead of go that way. It's hard to hide in a hole, but you can hide in a mountaintop. That's called the spiritual path. But this is a mountaintop. Your your cushion is a mountaintop. The wall you look at is a mountaintop. You don't need to abandon society. You still go out and go to the grocery store. In this monastery, you're not abandoning anything. We're totally connected to this neighborhood all over the place. And intend to continue to do that. We're not going to isolate. Is that what you're asking me about? It just seems like if something will show up relatively, it's e- it can be easy to dismiss it as, oh, that's just spinning, that's relative, and you it, turn away from it that way and not see that it's preaching the Dharma, whatever it is. Yeah. Everything's preaching the Dharma. But everything is saying not separate. If you look at it, it's not separate from anything else. So it's telling you the tabletops, the floor, the dog poop in the yard. Everything is saying that to you. Very good. Thank you. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokukoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.